standby. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricubiculars podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello. Welcome to the Liberal Cuba. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Libricubiculars. Today is uh, Internet Day. Yes, that is correct. Internets and Fridays mashed together in an amalgam of goody-goody-goodness is what I have done. Something I say at the top of every show, with the exception of Hot Internet Days, is a sort of spoiler warning to cover my ass. However, the fact that I say this every Hot Internet Day is also a sort of spoiler warning when you really boil it down. But don't boil it down too much because that will lose some of the flavor and nutrients. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, (laughs) that's ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment in iTunes as that is what helps others find podcasts. Those things. Thank you very, very... I'm going to go ahead and throw in an extra very much for those who have done so, so far, because it uh, does not go unnoticed. Very much appreciated. So many varies there. The amount of varies, I say, will sometimes vary, but there's usually a lot of them vary. One thing that I try to remember to say on Internet Days, but have... I believe, forgotten more often than not, and that is the podcast, meaning this one has an app. There's an app for this. If you have an Android device available for free for your listening pleasure, question mark, and convenience, exclamation point, uh, for you. What? Yes. (laughs) I kind of got lost in that sentence a little bit. If, like me, you are on an iDevice, which you can do, if you are not using, say, iTunes to listen to your podcast, is the good people over at Podbean who host this podcast have created a sort of mobile version of everyone's podcast website, which is very app-like in its form and functionality. So, thank you to them. Hmm. That will, of course, take us into the last piece of podcast-related badness. And that is today's sponsor, which is Slurm Classic. Once again, today's sponsor is Slurm Classic. And the good people over at the Slurm Corporation wanted me to mention that they have a a contest going on right now in which if you find the golden bottle cap, you and a guest can visit the Slurm factory and hang out with Slurms Mackenzie himself. So keep your peepers peeled for that golden a bottle cap. Slurm classic. Okay, so uh, I think possibility exists that uh, I'm not going to have to rush like a crazy madman or a, say, chicken. No, let's go rooster with his head chopped off. I imagine that a rooster sort of has a more sort of lean and svelte body than a chicken. So if you were to cut off a chicken head and cut off a rooster head, the rooster, 
I believe, and this is, uh, as far as I know, no studies have been done, I believe would be more energetic than a chicken. Your thoughts on this? Well, in an effort to get audience participation, although somewhat unsuccessfully so far, uh, I'm talking to you, yeah, you listening to this, what you can do is tweet at me, I am Jordan underscore Maywood. If you are listening, I will respond to you with your questions, queries, and thoughts of chickens and roosters with their heads cut off. Or, you can, email me to the address provided in the closing credits, and once again, a guaranteed response will be on your way. Item the first on this internet day is kind of interesting just in the sense that it's a two-parter, and I saw the first part probably a couple of weeks ago and said to myself, I says, I says, I'm going to wait till both of these are available and watch them both at once and goddamn guaranteed bring them back to the little cube because it is just the kind of thing I am looking for. What I'm talking about is a co-optitude. Co-optitude. That is, of course, with Ryan and Felicia Day over on the Geek and Sundry YouTube channel. These folk, brother and sister, bro and sis, if you prefer a little shortening of that, although me um, going on to say that it is the shorter version has taken out of some of the shortness that would have originally been shortenized. Huh? Sit down and play some video games, specifically retro video games, we will call them. In this case, they played Secret of Mana, Shit, what system was it for? <laughs> I can't remember. I think it was for Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo? Yeah, fairly, yes, yeah, Super Nintendo. This game, uh, at the time when it came out, I'd never heard of it. I didn't hear about it until much, much later. And apparently, it was very, very popular. I had and enjoyed and loved Nintendo. My, my NES. I love my SNES as well. And, uh... This is just not a game that I had heard of when I had that system, and my resources of sort of people around me to tell me if games were good was very, very limited. So, that's my excuse for not having heard or played this game back in the day. Again, a loss of sort of nerd cred there, I feel, but better to be honest than say, Yes, I totally played this game. A big secret of Mana Fan. Hmm. I uh, just pushed up my glasses in the middle there. That's, I realize, it's not going to come across too well on an audio-only podcast. Yeah. Just judging from the sort of gameplay I saw over this, geez, had to be, they played for quite a while, 40-ish minutes? They boiled it down, obviously, from what they played overall. I think they were both sort of of a mind that all of the retro games they had played so far, this was probably their favorite. So, it's pretty impressive. Looked like it was some fun. Some of your sort of classic Final Fantasy looking, a little dungeon crawly, little battle-y, little quest-like. Typical kind of role-playing game. I believe, I am thinking that it is a possibility that this was a port from a Japanese role-playing game. Uh, if that is not true, apologies, but I kind of get that feel. And I kind of think that around this time, there wasn't much or perhaps all in the way of Western-style role-playing games. Am I just throwing that fact 
out willy-nilly? Yes, I am, but uh, I believe that is the case. This is a role-playing game from the good people over at Square. Eventually Square Enix, who are sort of superly known for creating very, very good role-playing games. This one included in their sort of canon of awesomeness. Uh, what'll happen on Co-Optitude is, for the most part, for a lot of, Ryan and Felicia will make fun of said game they are playing, which is funny and fun. Combining the best of fun and funny, basically. Uh, something they did in this case, which I don't think they've done before, because there's a lot, a lot, uh, I think perhaps too much dialogue in this, they would do their sort of own voiceovers over the dialogue to make it slightly interesting than just sitting and reading reams and reams of text appearing on screen. That's not too fun. Luckily, video games nowadays have kind of moved away from that, and I have nothing against reading, obviously. I do a podcast on a book of a Wednesday where I talk about the book. I'm, uh, I was, at one point, a book-a-week average reader. I think I might be down a little bit with the sort of podcast and editing and what have you. So I like reading. I went to school to be a goddamn librarian. However, I don't like sitting in front of the TV, playing a video game, and reading and reading and reading. That is not fun. They, they do not meld well together, in my opinion. One of the sort of first scenes of this game involved the main character finding a sword and a stone. So, you know, not oozing with originality there, but hey, you gotta find a sword, why not in a stone? The main character that Ryan was playing as had a sort of pink bandana, so of course Felicia found within her, I assume they play in her home, uh, found a pink bandana and he wore it for the rest of the uh, play slash review, whatever you want to call this. They, uh, there's a point in the game where you get sort of help from a computer controlled character, which they of course named Poopy. <laughs> Fart jokes. We're going to degrade into that, which there's nothing wrong with that. Who doesn't love a good fart joke every once in a while? Hmm? Uh, towards the end, it's kind of seemed, despite the fact that they were having fun, it seemed like a game that I probably would not have the patience for anymore, which is kind of sad to say that my video game patience is less than it probably was back when this game originally came out. So, leaving this item behind on a sad note there. Hmm. Sadness. But it was very, very funny overall, so I will say how about go over there, have a watch for yourself, geek and sundry, co-optitude, secret of mana, have a boo, let me know what you think. Item the second is rather two items that I have mashed together. It is the post and pre-shows of the final episode, um, the fourth time we've had a final episode of Futurama. Yeah, hosted by none other than friend of the podcast, although he's never heard of it, Mr. Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick, who has, I do believe, with the exception of once, come up in sort of one form or the other on every single Internet Day episode I have ever done. So that's something. Not sure what it is, but it is something. There's no denying it. And I'm not trying to deny it. Yeah, Futurama. It's, um, it's over again. Will it ever be back? Possibly. 
anything, uh, if a show is cancelled and comes back four times, you know, well, it's come back three times, the possibility of a fourth return is not impossible. I think, actually, what would be really, really good for them is to sort of hop on the Netflix bandwagon and get their show onto that. Uh, I think it would be sort of a perfect fit to have sort of a season released all at once, sort of a la the most recent Arrested Development season. I think that would suit to a T and would be very, very, oh God, here I go with the berries again, well received. So uh, I have not seen this last episode of the series. I will, obviously, at some point. Uh, I am a Futurama on DVD watcher and have been for a little while now, so uh, I'll wait till it's on DVD and get the entire season, unless it is already on DVD. They're usually pretty quick, these guys. So they had uh, a little pre-show, I think it was maybe 20 minutes, with some of the cast and crew and creator Matt Groening himself. And then a post-show with the same, with some rotating out and in of actors. Specifically, who they had in the pre-show was Matt Groening. I was have dif- difficulty with his name there. Uh, David and Pete, who were writer-director Foken. Phil Lamar, who does the voice of Hermes, which, to be honest, I don't know if I knew that or not. And uh, Lauren Tam, who does the voice of Amy was also there. She had a very infectious laugh, and I liked it. Uh, They talked a bit about, in this pre-show, about their favorite scenes, which is sort of a a common question uh, that I bet they get asked a million times. What's your favorite episode? What's your favorite scene? That seems to be both a question everyone wants to know the answer to, myself included, and people who get asked it get asked it constantly and eventually find it frustrating to be asked. So... That sucks, that those two things happened at once. Uh, One of the ones they mentioned, and uh, I won't get too specific here, was an episode in which Fry and Gang, I do believe, had a time machine. A time machine, though, that would only travel forward in the future. That one I remember because it sort of blew my mind that what they decided to do is, because it was only traveled forward, eventually, somehow, time would reach a spot where it would sort of, the kind of the, the way you would look at it is the Earth would be, not destroyed, but all life would be wiped out on Earth, and then it would start over again, and it would start over again exactly as it had previously, so all they had to do was fast forward to the point where Earth was destroyed, Earth, life on Earth started to grow once again, and then reach the point where life was where it is when they originally left, and it was as if nothing happened. And I think they did a couple of cycles just because they missed it or something a couple of times. I don't really remember. I remember it's just sort of my love of time travelly stuff and this kind of blowing it a little out of the water. So very, very much liked it. When they came back for the host show, they had Billy West, who one of my big regrets of... Fan Expo 2012 was not getting his autograph. I showed up, believe it was an hour before his autograph session was supposed to start. He, kind man that he is, 
is one of the very, very few who gave away free autographs. So that perhaps explains the massive line and the fact that the line was closed when I got there despite being an hour early. So that kind of sucked. And when I say autograph, I am, of course, talking about on Nerdcane. Uh, why not just give myself a plug there, as I do whenever that comes up for whatever reason? What you can do for yourself is Google Nerd Kane Adventures and see just what I'm talking about. You will not see, however, uh, Billy West's autograph on Nerd Kane, unfortunately. He voices Fry and a shit ton of others. Also, there was uh, Maurice LaMarche, who does a shit ton of voices. That's something about voice actors quite often, that they will just do voice after voice after voice. And I think particularly with uh, Billy West, he talked about how sometimes he would have sort of entire scenes where it ended up being just him talking to himself back and forth, back and forth. And uh, sometimes it would screw his head a little bit just being in that sort of space constantly, which uh, tickles me, so I mention it. Mm. They talked about uh, the possibility of spin-offs, I think jokingly for the most part. Uh, Zap, Brannigan, and Kiff, for example, that was one that they pointed out would potentially be a good idea, and uh, I definitely agree with that. Uh, some of their favorite lines and uh, catchphrases, I guess you would say, are uh, shut up and take my money, which is has, of course, turned into a meme, and uh, as well as, I think my favorite one, that I didn't know it was a catchphrase, but Billy West said it has become one, and it was, um, ow, I was shot in the sperm. My delivery, per perhaps not quite as good as Billy West's. Hmm. Folks, I'm at work. I will be back in eight hours to talk of other things from the frock internets. That, of course, leaves one final thing to say, and that is, oh, and we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Back. We are back. Back in action. Hello again. Eight hours of work down the goddamn drain. Uh, not a good day. Thus concludes Jordan's work talk. Completed. In order to cheer myself up, what I'm going to do is hop right back in, head first, not even feet first, head first, into the interwebs, and let the soothing waters cool my frazzled brain. First thing I'm going to talk about is a podcast, hey, as you do on a rock internet day in the liberal cube. Talk about a podcast on a podcast. Interesting idea. Why don't I delve into it um, head first? Wait, no, I've already said that. Scratch it and fill something else in there. That would also make sense. going to talk about a little podcast by the title of the Adam Carolla podcast. Is what I'm going to do, which in my not-so-good workday cheered me up. So thank you to him and to all the folk I listened to today. All of your comedy goodness that put a smile on my frowny, frowny face. On the Adam Carolla podcast, he had a call-in from his buddy, his pal, Mr. Jimmy Kimmel, who, I believe, on a TV Tuesday episode this week, in fact, I talked about. Hmm. Coincidence? Uh, yes, actually. Actually, it is a coincidence. So, 
I don't know why I said it like that. Jimmy Kimmel was calling in to talk about the now famous or perhaps infamous twerking video hoax. Haha, do you know what I am talking about? Perhaps, if you are a lover of things internet as I am, you know what I mean. Uh, let me explain on the chance that you do not. You do not know what I'm talking about. There was a video, a, as you would describe it, I believe, a viral video going around the internet of a girl who was getting her twerk on. In said video, she was twerking upside down in a handstand stance against a door. The door then opened, causing her to do a backflip onto a table, a table which had on it candles and booze. So that's not a good thing. She, of course, caught fire. And um, to the great hilarity and awe of the interwebs, this video exploded and uh, was passed around by millions, including on many, many, surprisingly many news programs. Why are news channels showing a video of a woman twerking and then getting caught on fire? I don't know. Is it news? I don't think it is. However, that is just what happened. If you have available to you the entire video, you will see that eventually Jimmy Kimmel will come into the scene with fire extinguisher in hand and uh, put the poor lady out, who was a stunt woman. So they released it, didn't do any press, just sort of released it to the ether, I think is a way you can look at it. And it caught on, and caught on in a big way. Then once it had sort of spread like a venereal disease over the interwebs in the news, quote-unquote, uh, the good people over at Jimmy Kimmel Live released on released the full video in which Jimmy appears, and it's all sort of it all sort of comes about that it was a hoax to great hilarity. So he uh, came on. Adam Carolla gave him the scoop of sort of the behind the scenes of all this, and uh, it's <laughs> it says a lot, I think, about what our uh, society and media has become that this took a hold so so well and I like it. I will admit that I did watch the video uh, and did think hey this is fucking crazy. I don't want to say I had a suspicion that it was <laughs> this is bad to say too good to be true but it did kind of seem too good to be true. I'm saying that after the fact so obviously take it with a grain of salt. I will just say that I was fooled by it so you know there you go. Full disclosure on my part. Next, on the Adam Carolla Show, he had Mr. Dennis Prager, who, Dennis Prager and Adam Carolla, two people who, I don't really know much about Dennis Prager, other sort of than the fact that I don't think there's two people you could imagine would not get along more than these two guys. However, this seemed to have between them a sort of great admiration for one another and a great respect for one another. So I very, very much like that because it's two people with sort of widely varying stances on a lot of topics, however, managed to sit down and have sort of a intelligent, rational, back and forth conversation with one another. They'll do it on stage. They'll do it as they did here on their podcast, on the podcast. Uh, Dennis Prager, because I don't really know much about him, did a little research. Huh? How about that? pretty professional of me, I know. He is a radio talk show host. He's an author. 
he is very conservative in his views, and uh, according to Adam Carolla, a very, very smart dude. And I think I can, at least from what I have heard of their back and forth a couple of times over the years, verify that uh, seemingly he is a very, very smart dude. So hey, well, there you go. Whatever that means, I don't really know. One man's opinion added to the opinion of others is greater than the sum of its parts, perhaps? Maybe. They sort of delve quite heavily into the culture nowadays as far as the rearing of kids and children. Kids and children? Mm, kids and children. Sure. I don't know if this is a sort of worldwide thing or just an American thing or even just a California thing. But one of Adam Carolla's sort of, I don't want to say constant complaints, but I will, constant complaints, is that kids nowadays in school will be in a sort of constant state of being praised, never being poo-pooed for any of their actions. There's no more um, winners and losers. Everyone is just sort of treated equally no matter what. And that, I think, in the long run, and this is an opinion that he has that I'm just sort of agreeing with, that in the long run is not going to be beneficial for society as a whole, where an entire friggin' generation of kids are going to grow up to think whatever they do, they have done well, no matter what the sort of consequences. There are times where I think it is important for parents to say to their kids, no, what you are doing is not good, you can do better, and not always 100% of the times saying, yes, you've done a good job, participation matters, um, there are no losers, you're always a winner, things, things along that nature. Uh, they were saying that they've sort of gotten rid of things like musical chairs, because that means someone is going to have to sit out. Things like dodgeball, because once again, people's feelings are going to get hurt because they are out. Just sort of a sad state of affairs that I think is getting worse and will get worse before it gets better. I don't have kids. I do not want kids. And I worry... So I can't have an opinion as far as is this happening to kids in Canada? Kids that I sort of know is this happening? I, I really have no idea. But that's why I say is it just a sort of California thing? Another topic that sort of came up along these lines is gender roles. The thought for some reason nowadays that we should not focus on gender roles and, and nothing should be seen as for girls or for guys. It should be for everyone, which I think it's got to be confusing for a kid to to have that thrown at them. I, I can't imagine it as health, that lack of gender roles. Now you could go the other route and say, no matter what, a boys and girls should decide how they want to figure that out for themselves. Again, it's hard for me to have an opinion with not having kids and not wanting kids, so perhaps I should veer away from having an opinion on this matter. I think, though, that if I were to have kids, I would not want them to be always thinking they are winners no matter what they have done. So, you know, I'll leave it at, at that. Why don't I? Because I don't have time to get into it, and my opinion, I don't think, is 100% valid because of my lack of children and kids. Children and kids. Yeah, both of them. 
Okay, let's move on to perhaps a little lighter side of things in another podcast. And uh, I say that, and Adam Carolla, during these sort of deep and meaningful discussions, will be throwing out jokes left, right, and even center. So I don't want to give you that impression that it's 100% as serious 100% of the time. Much like myself is very rarely 100% as serious. Next podcast was... Was Kevin... Pollock's chat show. Kevin Pollock's chat show, which this is going to fit into the sort of category that I have mostly on pre-internet days of not planning on bringing it back. However, had a guest where I cannot resist talking about, and that is guest Kumail Nanjiani. I always feel like I say his last name, Italian Nanjiani. However, he is actually from Pakistan. Kevin Pollock's chat show, I have to mention as I have done every time I have brought it back on a fraud internet day, that he was the very, very first podcast I ever watched in that case. I did watch it on YouTube. I didn't know what a podcast was. I saw someone was going to sit down and talk with Mr. LeVar Burton. So I thought, hey, this sounds interesting. Why don't I uh, have a boo at this? It was his episode number one. I knew Kevin Pollack. I think everyone has seen him. If you watch movies, you will know who Kevin Pollock is. LeVar Burton, obviously, is the reason that I did tune in. LeVar Burton from Star Trek, The Next Generation, who I just so happened to have the pleasure of meeting and getting his autograph, not once, not thrice, but twice, on Nerd Kane. If you want to Google Nerd Kane Adventures, you can see what I mean by that. Anyways... Enough about past episodes and my foray into experiencing podcasts and eventually starting one my own, meaning this one. Let's talk about Kamel Nanjiani. He is super, super a funny dude. (laughs) Something I sort of realized watching this that I I guess I never put two and two together. Both Kamel Nanjiani and I have podcasts. We both, on our podcast, talk about video games. He does it every episode. I do it only on her video games day. We are both married to women named Emily. (laughs) Yes. We're both from Pakistan. Okay, that last one, not true, but still, a lot of things in common. So, uh, I think, and like to think, it's just one of those dudes that I, I like to think if we hung out, we'd get along. It's one of those sort of weird, crazy, I'm a crazy fan things where I would never say this to him, because it would probably freak him out. (laughs) But, you know, I just think, if we hung out, we'd have a good time together. He's uh, just a... every word out of his mouth is always sort of nice and funny and interesting, and uh, I just really like the guy. What the hell? I'm fanning out a bit, but whatever. He spoke a little bit about Saints Row the Fourth, which I just did on a podcast. Hey, further things in common. Talked about Last of Us. It's kind of funny to hear Kumail talk about uh, video games on Kevin Pollock's chat show, just for the reason that Kevin Pollock um, does not know from video games. (laughs) Doesn't play them, doesn't really know anything about them. But still, kind on his part that knows Kumail is really big into video games, so sort of broached the subject from time to time despite not having much or any knowledge of video games. Spoke of uh, Last of Us, which is a game I will eventually play. Just critics and fans alike seem to love it. 
I will at some point play it. That is a liberal cube guarantee. It will be on F for video games day. Uh, he got quite a bit into religion and guilt and sort of how they are co-mingled with one another quite often. He, growing up in Pakistan, had sort of religion and guilt thrust into his life seemingly very, very often from this talk. Especially, well, maybe not especially, but he talked with regards to porn and music that if you watch porn and listen to music, you are going to hell. <laughs> and yet he did both. So, good for you. He spoke of how his parents are supportive of him, which is nice, but really, for the most part, do not understand how what he does is a career that he makes money at. He's a stand-up comic, a podcaster, actor. He's on a show called, ooh, I think I even wrote it down, which is good for me, because I normally don't remember to do so. Franklin and Bash. Franklin and Bash is a show that I think I could easily get into, however, have not. I've seen one episode, oddly enough, over at my in, at my in-laws' house. They, they had an episode on, so they like it, apparently, and I watched an episode, and I liked it, so uh, eventually one day I will get into that. Uh, I'm out of time. I had a few more things to say, but I'm at home, so I will not have a chance to say them. I want to end this talk of Kumail Nanjiani on the Kevin Pollock's chat show by saying that the last joke of the episode was a bestiality joke. <laughs> so, you know, I wanted to mention that just because, why not? That'll leave one final thing for me to say, which is, of course, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper.